Hello, and welcome to Launch Legends, the only podcast focused exclusively on the stories behind internet marketing's biggest and best launches. Each week, we sit down with an online marketing expert to tell the story of one of their launches, what went well, what didn't, and how much cash they made. And now, your host, Hamad Akbar. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Launch Legends. Today, we're joined by Calvin Simplero, an all-in-one platform for coaches to run their business. Simplero currently has 2,300 customers and does $3.5 million in annual recovery revenue. But it wasn't all easy for Calvin. He started his entrepreneurial journey in 2001, and by 2009, he'd been through a string of failed startups. But he persisted, and he eventually found his true calling. His is a true inspirational story. But before we continue... If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. And if you are listening to this on a podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Hey, Calvin, thank you very much for coming on the show. So, uh, founder of Templario, uh, you've got 2,300 customers and uh, you're about $3.5 million in uh, annual recurring revenue. But before we talk about the product, I would love to know who you are and how you actually got to build Templario. Thanks, Ama. Great to be here. Really, really excited. Uh, we had a really fun chat before before we started recording. Damn it, we should have recorded that too. No, this is great. Um, so, yeah, born in Denmark. Were you born in Denmark? I was born in Denmark as well. Yes, you were born in Denmark. I was born in also, Denmark. but then, how? When did you leave Denmark? I actually never left. I go back still quite a lot, probably a couple of times a year. But I probably left. How long did you six, have a home? When I was about six or seven years old. I left. And um, okay. yeah, you, your parents still live there, but you're like, I'm done. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Let me move yeah. to the UK yeah. on my yeah. own. Six years old. No, <laughs> no. Great place. Great, so, great place, by the way, Denmark. Yeah, it, it is. I, I'm so happy I don't live there anymore, but it's, it is a great place. I'm, I'm very grateful that I grew up there and that I go to get, get to visit. Well, not right now, but, you know, normally I would. Um, yeah, so born and raised there, uh, lived there till I was like 33 or something like that. Um, and the way I got into, I was always a programmer. My parents were programmers. They taught me to code from as a, I was a kid. And the way I got into Simplera was that I was struggling for many years as an entrepreneur. Um, just, I, I was always paying the bills. And I was, you know, mostly freelance. And then I tried to start a product company and it didn't work out. And then I'd freelance some more to pay the bills. And it was kind of, you know, I was paying the bills, but not really succeeding the way I wanted to. And that let me down this path of personal growth. So, um, Calvin, one second. So, uh, yeah, you said you struggled for a very long time. That's, I think, yeah. you to emphasize on that because a lot of people really undermine that. How long did you struggle for? What happened? Because that's the story. I uh, yeah, um, years. Let me see. So, I moved uh, back from the U.S. to Copenhagen. That has been in at the very end of two thousand and one. And that's when I started my first kind of real company. And the, and the first two years were actually great. So the, the company I worked for in the U.S. did a, an open source web application framework. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was called OpenACS. It was a thing back 20 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I immediately got, I started a, an agency basically that worked specifically with that framework and got some big name clients, MIT and, and Greenpeace International and some other, some other big clients. And the first two years were great, but I didn't want to do an agency. I didn't want to be a consultancy, right? I wanted to create a product company. And 
it was way harder than I thought. I was always like second guessing my clients like, yeah, I could do that better. I had much better ideas about this, right? And then when it came to me doing a blank slate product to solve a problem, I was like, hmm. And I tried. And then I was like, I could really see a potential in for a, uh, a basically a Danish version of The Economist, you know, I was always, I was a fan of The Economist, not so much anymore, but I was a fan of The Economist for many years. And something I inherited from my dad, he always subscribed to The Economist. So I was read that as a kid. I was like, I would love to see, you know, news organization, media organization, Copenhagen, Denmark do something like that. And it doesn't exist. So let's try to create that. Right. And then, all right, that didn't work out. Like it completely failed. Like, yeah, I mean, just so early in it. But well, so, what did you do there? Just, what was the angle? Were you trying to build a, you know, a subscription uh, magazine? Well, we never even got that far, right? I started to try, like, who can we find some journalists that we can get on board and, and pitch them on the idea? And I had a partner, and then, like, that didn't go anywhere, right? Um, or started, I started a, a company with a partner in the U.S. She, I built a and an intranet for Greenpeace and I'd build the CMS for Greenpeace. And she had this idea of essentially pulling, putting together a CMS, a content management system with collaboration. So it became a collaborative content management system. She had a, a well-trafficked site called Boxes and Arrows about information architecture. And uh, I was like, that's great. And I think where I was coming from psychologically was I'm kind of a failure. But I'm a good coder. So if I partner up with someone who has that magic success sauce, then some of it will rub off on me and it'll work out. It didn't. I drive with her. I drive with, with a bunch of other people um, starting thing. One of them was like a, a, a bounty job board. So they had this idea that, that in order to attract people who were not looking for jobs that you, we could offer this bounty to someone else who is like, so someone who's really good at their job, not looking for a job, right? How do we get them activated to apply for a job? Oh, maybe they have a friend that has time to peruse these job boards notices, Oh, this job would be great for my friend over here. And then they get a $2,000 reward or something like that for making the connection. If the person ends up, having the job. That one, had, we had this distribution ready. We had a contract with someone who was like the biggest job board in Denmark. And um, we built this whole thing. And then it turned out nobody wanted it. Like none of the companies that were hiring wanted to try this. And, you know, then their sales team was supposed to, it didn't work out. And then like we were three partners and the other, one of them dropped out. It was just six months into it, spent a ton of money and time building this thing and it didn't work. And so there's a string of stuff like that, um, one after the other. And so I would always return back to just selling my time for money mm -hmm. and I didn't want to keep doing that. And so, yeah, so... That, a question, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, this is actually Please. really interesting. So, I mean, you started, you started in 2001, your story, and then mm -hmm. I think you started Sinclair by 2009, something that's eight years of... Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of failures. What kept you going? Yeah. That's a good question. I will tell you what kept me going. My name, my namesake, uh, Mr. Calvin Coolidge kept me going. Uh, there is a famous quote from him that I would keep returning to. I probably, you know, read it at least 
once a month, probably even like as often as once a week. Mm-hmm. I have it right here. And it says nothing. Colin Coolidge was the 30th president of the U.S. In the United States. And I was thinking, this is good enough for him. It's good enough for me. It goes like this. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Okay. So I had I knew I didn't want this, right? I, I didn't feel good struggling. I didn't feel good pretty much at any level, physically, relationships, um, spiritual. I just, I felt like I wasn't like, super unhappy it was like you know you know family and you know things good on on sort of under the surface but inside I wasn't in a good place I knew this wasn't me this wasn't what I was here to do and so I was just I just keep going keep going keep going and eventually trusting that eventually it'll work out I, I, I was like it has to because I can't like otherwise I'm just gonna go kill myself on let me ask you like, that Calvin. so uh, it's a personal question actually it's happened to me a couple of times did you go through a phase after you had your latest failure, whenever you had a failure, when you thought, okay, you know, I've fucked up this business, that's it. And I worked so hard for six months, a year, or whatever. Did you go through a time where you were just down, you could not get out of bed, and then you were just feeling ah, miserable? And then eventually yes. you got out of it, and you started again, and then you fucked up again, and you started again, and eventually you made it. Did you go through that time? Yeah. I didn't have long periods, but I would have a recurring probably at least every month kind of spending a weekend or a couple of days where I could barely drag myself out of bed, pizza and cola and porn and whatnot to kind of, you know, drag myself out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So when you look back, what happened? How come you were not succeeding? How come I was not succeeding? Was I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I think most of all, not wanting to be me, not knowing who I was, not wanting to be me. Okay. Always wanted to be someplace else, someone else. Great, great, great. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some prayer. So that, that was really interesting, actually. Yeah. Or sharing your story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, these, this, the failures led me to self-inquiry so you know starting with a therapist and a coach and taking a coach education and discovered body therapy and you know workshops and personal development it ended up working with a spiritual teacher um for you know i'd speak with him for an hour every week for two years Mm -hmm. and that there's just so much to unravel and unpack inside of me Mm-hmm. And that I wouldn't say at the end of that process, but after like five years into that process, I had a moment where I was asking myself, the, yeah, the other reason I was struggling so much actually was that I was, I, I felt unsuccessful. I actually hated that word successful. Are you successful? To me, it, it sounded like, are you worthy of existing as a human being? Right, that was what it sounded like in my head. Um, someone helped me reframe it to successful. Just means like, do you achieve what you set out to? Like, what, what was the goal? Did you reach it? Then you're successful. If you didn't reach it, or you didn't have a goal, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you didn't reach it, you're not successful. If you didn't have a goal, I guess you are successful because, like, yeah, whatever. 
Um, but so that helped reframe that. But it was, my mindset was like, just tell me what I need to do to be successful, right? And successful to me meant, I think that was the other, like at some level to me, it meant be a billionaire and create some radically world-changing product such as, you know, like a Bill Gates or a Steve Jobs before the age of 30. That was my standard. So like easy, easy, low stakes game here. Yeah. But that was kind of my bar. And I wasn't, I wasn't hitting it. Um, and so that's what led me down the process. But what I realized after five years into it was like every other entrepreneur I knew struggle with some of these same, same things. It's like, you know, the emotional roller coaster and, you know, there's so many beliefs out there. Like, this is what you need to do to be successful. No, this is what you need to do. And they're all contradict each other. And sometimes people contradict themselves, right? And it's just their opinions about stuff or what they work for them or even what they think worked for them, which might not be what actually worked. Like, you know, when we look back at what worked for you, like, do yeah, we know the real that, truth? That's right. Like, because, uh, I think not much has been talked about the struggles. I mean, people talk about the struggles entrepreneurs go through, but you know, the mental aspect of it, the, the real highs and the real lows and the long mm-hmm. slog of struggle you have to go through. I, I don't think much is, much is you know, not, people don't talk about that. They just see the success all the time. Yeah. Whatever happens in yeah. I think that's a real yeah. part. At least with the failure, you know, okay, I'd say I fucked up, let's move on to something else, the next bit. But, you know, whatever happened, the long drag where you're trying to make it work, but it's not working, it's not working, and you keep trying, and eventually either you, either you take off or you just fuck it up completely. But that part is really stressful. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I remember some years ago, there's, some, there's a, fam- a, a well-publicized suicide, someone who was building a company and gotten VC funding and it was looking good and committed suicide. And they sparked some conversations. I remember reading an article in, I think, Fast Company saying that about a, a, a founder who also had a therapist. And to me, that was just reading that that was a thing that I think a person had done was eye-opening to me. It was like, Oh, you're allowed to do that. I had this rule in my head that, you know, you have to succeed like wildly like a Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. And you can't talk to a fucking therapist or a coach or anything like that. Cause that's cheating. Right. Then you didn't yeah. do it on you. It wasn't really you. Um, it's crazy. Um, but that was my mindset. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's not something that we talk about enough. The, the, it's challenging mentally health wise. Right. And you, you put yourself out there and you, you um, you take a chance and you try something and then, you know, people have opinions about it, right? And like, if you're not successful, that sucks. <laughs> and if you are successful, there's a lot of people that have opinions about, you know, you and your success and what you're doing and what you should be doing and why you didn't do this and they invent stories about you that are like, oh, that crap, right? Well, if you are successful, then uh, let's uh, tax you 62%, right? That's uh... <laughs> That too, yeah. 20 cent. <laughs> 20 cent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so Paris, uh, let's get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I had this moment where I was like, the, all the other entrepreneurs I, I know need, need these same techniques and tools and insights that I've learned. So let me teach that. Um, and and um, it was actually, the moment was like, hey, I've been chasing success. Like, just tell me what to do to be successful. And I've been chasing 
all right, I just need to make some money now so I can pay the bills. That had been my modus operandi up until this point. And then in 2008, I finally had a moment. It was like the crisis mounted just so big that I was like, okay, what the hell is that? And I was like, okay, time out. Maybe it's time that I found out, find out what I really want to do versus just, you know, what I think I have to do to be successful or fighting fires. And I did sat down, started answering some questions. And then it's sort of halfway through that process, what leapt out at me was I'm here to integrate spirituality and entrepreneurship. And it's not like, hey, I'm doing entrepreneurship and this like spirituality thing is kind of like helping me on the side or it's something I do on Sunday when I go to church or whatever you do. Um, no, it's at the center of it for me. So the business that I start, the businesses that I start and that I, that I build are not about, you know, how do I make money? It's about how do I make an impact in the world? So with my product and service, right? And so, and, and that impact is, is aligned with my life purpose, with my reason for being here. And, and it's about the mental piece, right? Questioning your beliefs and not buying into your thoughts. Like I had this idea that if, if a thought came up that said, oh, Calvin, you're such a loser, you're a failure, that that meant the fact that the thought was in my head meant that there was truth to it, that it was true. Like if I wasn't a failure or loser, I wouldn't think that, right? Yes. So the fact that the thought enters my mind means it's true. And so I was like terrified of my own thoughts. Oh, I hope that thought doesn't enter my mind. Oh, I just thought of it. Damn, right? It's a fucking prison to live in. And so just learning to realize that thoughts are just thoughts and they come from everywhere. And it might have just been something that you heard or you picked up an energy or something. It just happened in your head. I have no control over it. And I can just let it go and be like, what an interesting thought that I'm a loser. What does that even mean? Like, so what? Who cares? What's, what's for dinner, right? <laughs> let's, let's get on. The emotional piece, the purpose piece, love, really, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, what, what, what matters in life is love, right? Is the connections, the relationships, the ability to love ourselves first mm-hmm. and then share that love with others. Like, what else is there? Honestly, seriously. I, I haven't found out what that might be. Great, great, great. Oh. So how did that whole thing turn into the product? <laughs> it did because I was like, I need to teach this stuff. This is freaking you know, groundbreaking. I need to teach this stuff to other entrepreneurs. Let me, let me try to do that. And then I was like, how do I do that? I'm, I'm a software guy and sort of a, a you know, a, crappy entrepreneur <laughs> what can i what can i do here i don't know anything about you doing a workshop or a seminar or like you know so i started searching on the internet and then i found jeff walker and product launch formula and online courses and that entire world right so and i was like ha this is brilliant like online courses i can do that i can learn this stuff mm-hmm. and they seemed really scammy to me like that whole world and the way they talked and the aesthetics of it. Like I came from a tech 
um, background, right? Like we have our own, like there's always like, Oh, make money online. Oh, these douchebags, like get rich quick schemes. And I was, so I was very skeptical of the thing, but I was like, I, it was on my birthday in 2008 that Jeff Walker was doing his launch. And I was like, if I go to bed tonight and I don't buy this thing for send this weird stranger $2,000 over the internet, I might never see these money again. I was in debt. I was like, but if I don't do it before I go to bed, when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be over. Right. It's going to be too late. So I was like, all right, just going to uh, hold my breath and do it. So I did. And I don't regret it. It was great. I learned a ton from Jeff Walker. He's a great guy. So did you use the Polygon formula to launch your first version of Simplera? I did not. No, I used product launch formula to launch my launch my first information product. So that was what I wanted to do, right? I was like, hey, let me let me teach this course and teach uh, these spiritual techniques to entrepreneurs. I quickly found out that the people weren't buying that, but they did want help with marketing. And now that I had studied marketing, I could teach them that and help them with that. And then I needed the software to run my own business. Mm-hmm. And so I just started building that because I was like, hey, First, we were using Shopify for cart, and we were using, uh, I was using Aweber for email and some other things. And it wasn't, all of it was like, mm, no, I don't, I think I can do better. Let me do, let me do my own. So I built my own billing thing because I needed to do installments and then let me do my, my own email thing and let me do my own membership site. And then it just grew from there. And then people in my circle of friends in Copenhagen started to ask, hey, can I use it too? And I was like, Sure. I'll let me set you up. I'll, I'll, I'll ding your card. I'll, buy, I'll bill you at some point, but I haven't figured that part out. So for now, you can just use it. I'll help you. And so I got my first um, customer base. I don't know. I forget how many, but like 20, 30 customers there using it, not paying for it for over, over a year mm-hmm. um, until I start, finally started billing them. Right. So, okay. So how long did it take you to actually have the product ready for the prime time to actually sell? Um, well, let me put it this way. So, I mean, so it was, it was ready for prime time from, from pretty much day one, right? Cause I just built the pieces that I needed and then I did that. And then, um, very quickly started, you know, a few months in started getting other people using it and helping them set it out up. But then it was, it was a year and five months after my first code commit until my first billing my first dollar in for um from customers using it and it wasn't i think it was like two thousand a month that at that point in the beginning and so it wasn't until let me see uh probably two and a half years into it Mm -hmm. that i reached the point where i was making about ten thousand dollars a month which covered all of my expenses, um, living expenses, wow. and um, I could I could that's, focus on that's it. a real journey because uh, a you built something you wanted yourself, but then you kept building it and you were persistent, and you believed in your own product as you keep building and keep improving for two and a half years until you actually got to a point where you were making ten thousand dollars per month, which again is a very long time. Right. So when you what, what was the pro- Evolution of the product, like from the point where you gave it to customers to the point where you know you kind of started making money. How did you build a product? Were they still working on your own problems, or you were getting more feedback from the customers? Yeah, combination. So I was doing everything myself in in the beginning, uh, and um, I would use it 
So I would make I would make money by selling my own courses and coaching programs. And so I would use it, right? And every time I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if it did this? And I'd just code that up. And then people started using it and they started emailing me. I didn't have a support system or anything. So they would just email me, hey, like, what about this? And can I do this and that? And then I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. One of the things that I found that I loved was was customer service and 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 product and especially the combination where you know you're helping someone and you're just being more real with people mm-hmm. and more honest and that than they've ever experienced before as a customer service thing and then especially when someone comes to me and they're like hey this is a little like i don't understand how this is working i'm like yeah that's really confusing uh let me go fix that and then i go fix it and make it so it's better and then immediately deploy it and like here, and like now it's better. Thanks for letting me know about that. Right. And they're like, whoa, that's amazing. So when you can get those like 30 minutes after that they submitted to dig it, you have a fix out in the in in production. That's that's pretty awesome. It feels great. I love those moments myself. It's it feels so good. Right. What were you doing all about yourself? All the development, customer support, and how are you getting actually those customers to sign up? Yeah, I mean, for many years I was doing it. I was doing it myself. Um, people, I got people to sign up through um, just word of mouth, and you know, my friends. Some of the some of my friends in the community in Denmark had were out there teaching people how to do these online businesses, and they would always recommend SimPlayer as the as a platform for for their customers. So that's how I got how I got started. Wow, um, and that's how I got my customers, and that's pretty much been true. Most the mostly the entire time, because here's what happened for me was that that I got way deep into that internet marketing world. I met I didn't meet Roland. I don't think he was he was really there back then. But you know Frank Kern and 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 uh, um, Ryan Dice. I saw one of the you know met one of some of these events, and so I went Dan Kennedy. I started buying everything that Dan Kennedy had, and and these are all there's I mean they're great people. But what I found was there was this culture in that world where nobody gave a hoot about their customers. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave a hoot about delivering value. Nobody gave a hoot about delivering, you know, building trust. There, it's, it, it felt to me like the environment back then was kind of like, you got, you, you bought something, you got in there and they're like, look how I tricked you into buying this thing. I'm going to teach you how you can do that to your customers. Right. And it was like this feeling of deception and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like it. So I basically opted out of the entire internet marketing world for 10 years. It was like, I don't like that. I don't like this style. Like for me, integrity is super high thing. It's like, if I say something, I'm going to follow through. If I make a promise in my, in my marketing, it's on me to make sure I deliver on that promise, right? I don't want to have my customers saying, hey, what about that thing that I saw in that email? Like four days before cart open where you mentioned some unadvertised thing and then like you never did that right i want never want to have had that happen mm-hmm. um i never want to make a claim that i that i don't yeah. make sure we fulfill right yeah so and i saw a lot of that back then people would say whatever to make the sale i was like yeah i'm out it's really interesting because I was speaking to someone a founder a couple of weeks back and they are doing about 15 million dollars in 6 years for the first two and a half, three years, they were just doing about $20,000 in revenue. And mm-hmm. all that time, they spent just talking to customers. And 
The guy told me that if one guy left a bad review, they would spend days chasing the customer and fixing the problem and making sure that the customer went back there and actually removed the review and at least just rectified something. And that paid off. And eventually, when they you know they got to know the, got to know the customer properly, and for three years they did that. And eventually, the company just went you know, sky high mm. after that. So what happened after we, after you started making your ten thousand dollars per month? At that at that time, you had a decent amount of customers. I'm sure by then the product was fairly stable as well. What happened after that? Yeah, you were two point five million. Just a you know a quick. Well, it's just been honestly just a slow and steady uh, process of you know building the product and serving our customers the best that we know how. Um, it's been a massive maturing process for me personally. Um, there is a lot. I was not, I was not a very mature person. I was not a very like, well, I was quite sort of emotionally mm, broken person. So there's a lot of work that I had to do. And it was actually like the, the, this, the software was phenomenal for me in my life. In, in, in several instances, it was a point where, where, I was very depressed and I was, I was never really about to kick the bucket, right. Or, 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 or pull the plug under myself, but, but I was definitely fantasizing with the idea. And the fact that I had customers whose livelihoods depended on me and they would email me and, and ask about this and that, that, that honestly kept me going. I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm obligated to these people. I can't like, I have to keep going, right. I get, get myself out of bed here. I have to keep, keep showing up for these people. So that was a real blessing for me. Um, and then later on, I went on another sort of um, deep dive into personal growth. It's, I mean, that's been constant for me uh, for the past 17 years, really. And I think it will continue to be. But I did a deep dive into into music and singing and creative expression and all other, other areas. And having the company as sort of that bedrock that allowed me to explore all these other, other sides was really phenomenal, really helpful for me. Right. Um, and so now that's a skill that I have. I've always played the piano, but now I sing, I write music, I produce music. And it's something that I'm bringing in more and more into the company, into the business. I have a song that I sing live for people on the first all hands call we have after someone joins the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that becomes a bonding moment for everybody and, and other things. So, I mean, I mean, being able to pick up something like that in your, in your early forties is kind of magical. Right? I, I really devoted a long time to it. Um, right. really just studying, getting better at it. Yeah. Right. So uh, Calvin, I know you pressed for time, so I'm going to keep you short. Uh, one last question. Uh, I mean, your story is amazing. So if someone is watching this or listening to this and they think, okay, I'm going through all this shit and here's this guy who's been through all of that. What's the one advice you would give them? Um, I, I mean, keep going. I mean, keep going and, and really do the inner work. It was, I think one of the things that Dan Kennedy would always said, say is the head trip stuff is the highest value, right? You can work in your business. We all know not a good idea. We can work on your business much better. Mm-hmm. But you can also work on yourself. Right? These psychological shifts that you make it's by far the highest leverage that you can make. Mm. And it's, it's fundamentally about growing up. Mm. Right? Most human beings on the planet today 
our children in a grown-up body, right? Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, we're still kids. We're children. We haven't mastered the art of growing up. And so it's each and every one of ours responsibility to do that ourselves now, to be that parent that we need so we can fully grow up. And that's what business is a phenomenal vehicle for. Leadership is a phenomenal vehicle for doing that because you get confronted with all of your shit every day. Great, Calvin. Thank you very much. And thank you for so openly sharing your story. And I hope uh, I can get you, get you back on the podcast very soon. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. All right. Thank you, Emma. It's great to meet you. It's great to do this. Thanks for everybody for listening. And that's it for this episode of Launch Legends. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and share more online marketing launch stories, please search for Launch Legends in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.